Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. And we want to give a big shout-out to our two new patrons, Mariah Elizabeth and Zeno Smith. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate that, guys, so much. Um, if you guys are just tuning in, uh, if you have not checked out our last episode... You're going to need to, because this is a part yeah, two. Yeah, this is part two, where we're talking about the Marine Kingdom. And if you have this weird underwater satanic kingdom... Uh, underground that's luring it's people a, to it. It's a trip, guys. Yes. Just just go watch it if you haven't. Yeah, go watch our part one so that you guys can be uh, caught up to understand a little bit more about what's going on in part two here. Uh, but some comments that we had from our last episode, which was pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. Kay Bennett. Kay Bennett says, this sounds like they are trying to link Catholicism with the Assyrian fish god Dagon, not the Lovecraftian god, but yeah, the god was uh, was of crops and the riches of the earth. The name of the Dag- uh, Dagon comes from the word dag, meaning fish. Also, it seems uh, it was seen as an enemy of the nation of Israel. Plus, it was known as the father of gods. The person in the story might have uh, offended a, a deity by calling him father by accident, she was declaring herself a god, but yeah, this is clearly a story made to villainize the Catholic Church uh, to event to the evangelical movement. Oh, 100% agree, and I think definitely it leans back on some of those old stories of Dagon, but also like the Lovecraftian Dagon kind of pops in a little bit too. Not so much <laughs> in this specific story, maybe a little bit. It, mm. There's a little bit of a Shadows Over Innsmouth vibe in this <laughs> For the most part, like, it's some of the other people who, like, channel these entities. You get a total, like, Lovecraftian wow. Dagon vibe. Absolutely. Blue Steel says, don't worry. We're definitely not a cult. It sounds like something a cult would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's everyone of those, like, we're not a cult, but, like, because if you have to start with that, there's probably some oh, yeah. general concerns. Oh, yeah. From our patrons, uh... Planet 92 says, Mermaids, yes. Marcus, don't worry. You weren't the only one fooled by that documentary. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, uh, in the pay- in the Pillow Talk segment of the podcast, we got into the micro-mermaid story, which is this really cool story about this uh, teen that saw this really weird, tiny mer creature. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, and I, w- I went off on the deep end again about those faux mermaid documentaries that came out in the early 2000s, uh, which I'm still... A little salty about to this day that they got me at the time so yeah no like when it first came on i, I started like looking up some of those facts because i'm like how did i not hear about any of this and pretty quickly kind of figured out mm-hmm. okay there's there's some fishiness going on Absolutely. get it weak fishiness i'm mad i'm still mad <laughs> i'm still mad i i'm upset i i i am upset and i am mad at discovery channel national geographic government <laughs> All of academia for fooling me uh, at the time. It's everybody else's fault, not my own fault for doing my own research, <laughs> just for the record. 
All right, so let's let's dive into this. I I want to say I think when we had just left, we left off in this story. She had just met this patron deity, this underwater pre-Abrahamic deity, like like Satan entity okay, thing she, underwater. She's not, she's not saying, but we're gonna learn more about who she is. Not now. her. I meant the in, the entity is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We're, that's who we're gonna be learning a little yeah. a bit more. Um, she finds out that her name's. Annabelle and mm-hmm. Annabelle's really pushing her to go take this magical water she just gave her to mm-hmm. kind of enhance their connection. She thinks about it for a while and she's like, I really need that six thousand dollars, which I already think she's already <laughs> done more than enough work to try to get her six thousand dollars. So she ends up kind of just giving in and going, and she takes the water and she starts bathing in it. And she immediately feels this very strange sudden connection to this entity and she feels like something magically is going on within her soul like very deep down and she ends up going back and she finds out the name of this lady that her name's um annabelle and that she's actually a queen in the atlantic ocean of one of these groups and she finds out the other thing that's happened when she bathed in the water Mm -hmm. she uses the words that the two of them have now become one But then she goes in to explain what that means. That these sirens and other underwater entities can't normally really exist on the surface for any prolonged period of Mm -hmm. time without, like uh, like we covered earlier in the story, with the perfumes and those magics to kind of keep them up on the surface without drying out and just kind of doing the normal (laughs) I've tossed a fish on the shore thing. Yeah, like if you dive really into the, the, the satanic underwater kingdom and stuff, they... They actually break down, like, all of these various, like, aquatic, like, creatures, like nymphs, sirens, and things like that, and, like, and what they do. And I'm just like, this is like, this is like Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, but really fucked up. (laughs) Okay, what she finds out that this, quote-unquote, oneness is done, it means that they can now share forms, but it's kind of just one way. That Annabelle can now take on her form. And when she does, she can move on land with no problem. Uh, The writer actually describes that she's basically borrowing her human morphology. So she can kind of go ahead and do things on the surface unhindered. Now, she doesn't have to go and get the things like perfume and things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, guess what she starts doing? Um, My guess is probably doing seedy things with men. Yeah, she starts (laughs) bub-bub-bub-bang. So... Annabelle, now using her body, is going around and just sleeping with a lot of people. <laughs> can you imagine being, can you imagine, the, the girl's name is Annabelle, right? Like the person, or the, 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 no, the writer, the, the writer. No, right. the, the queen is named Annabelle. Right. But the writer in this, like, all of a sudden, like, if, if people are accusing you of sleeping around town, maybe throwing that out, she's like, no, it wasn't me. It was this water <laughs> demon that shifted into me and started going around sleeping with all these guys. Yeah, it wasn't me. Okay, so after they make this deal, she's kind of still doing her thing where she's exchanging mm-hmm. money and stealing people's fate and, you know, that same sort of stuff that was going on in the previous story. But Annabelle calls her back to a meeting at the temple. And she walks in, and there's this now this, like, large kind of floor-length magic mirror there. And Annabelle just kind of walks through the mirror along with two other entities. She describes them as being sea monster-like people. Mm -hmm. And she says, if you've seen the video of the creature seen swimming in the ocean in the Congo, it looked like that. Now, that stuck out to me, and I started digging to try to find this information. And it it took me a tick to find it. 
and it wasn't very rewarding. Like the, I was able to find the video, and it's clearly a taxidermied Fiji mermaid. Oh, okay. And the camera's just slowly rotating around it to kind of give it a sense of movement. And there's a looping audio recording of it going rawr, rawr. <laughs> so like, it, it's one of those things where it's like this is a clear hoax, and I'm that. As far as I can tell, that has to be what she was referencing. Doesn't it look like a garfish? Is that what it was? Like the one that was swimming in the Congo? Like, like, I, I almost want to say that's what I thought it looked like. Um, this one, uh, when I looked at it, it no, like, like the video she was referencing, as far as I can tell, is the um, this one where it's just like clearly of of it's a well constructed Fiji mermaid, right. but it's just a Fiji mermaid. Gotcha. It's it's nicer than the average Fiji mermaid. It's kind of posed in an action form, but as the video goes on, you can just tell it's not moving and that it's just a looping audio recording. You can tell the creature's mouth isn't moving when it's supposed to be making right. a sound or anything. Right. But from what I can tell, I'm pretty sure that's what she was referencing. I could be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like I get to like sit down and interview her more directly about it. But she describes that two of these creatures comes out of the mirror with her, and she finds them fairly repulsing because they're very monstrous, but... She's here to do her job and get her six thousand dollars. Yeah, so she puts up with it. She's finally, she's finally got to get that. She's finally got to get that money. Got to get that money for Canadian college. Yeah, for Canadian (laughs) college. So basically, Annabelle's like, "Okay, I'm really enjoying using your form, but have you wondered why I'm doing all this?" And she's like, "Well, not really, but I guess you can explain." And she's like, "Well, what we're doing here is we're stealing the fertility of men." We're stealing their seed. I knew it. I knew it. Why, why is everything after human seed? It's these merfish that are after our seed. That's what they're after, Vic. So basically, she starts to explain how this works. That she goes out, she does her banging, and then she casts this spell on herself. And it sends the seed to the underwater kingdom then. And we'll get more into what happens with that here in a bit. Because they go into that a little more in a bit. But she's like, but why aren't you doing that too? And she's like, what? Yeah, no, I, why, why aren't you doing this too? I'm doing this. Why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you want me to be a prostitute? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what's happening here. You're not going to be a prostitute. And she makes it clear, you, our magic will keep you from getting pregnant, will keep you from getting any illnesses, but I just need you to go out and do this like I am. And then you have to cast this spell. And the spell involves her saying the Our Father three times. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a theme when they do most of their magic in this. It involves them saying the Our, Fa- Our Father. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I do want my $6,000, so I'll play along. Mm-hmm. According to her, she starts sweet sleeping with 11 men a week, which I kind of feel like you would. That's a high number. Yeah, that's, that's a high, high number. number. Yeah. I feel like you'd make that money Without the Marine Kingdom at this point, no, but like, whatever. No, it's like from the Wolf of Wall Street. That, those rookie numbers. you got to pump them numbers up. Well, Annabelle is pushing up her numbers because she also gives Annabelle's numbers on how many people she's banging, <laughs> which is 89 a week. 89 a week? 89 a week. She says, I was, I was sleeping with 11 men a week, and she was sleeping with 89. That is that's which, that's which a lot together, of seed. Which together comes that's to a exactly 100. Oh, okay. Which is also weird. 
That's a lot of our seed being taken to the underwater kingdom. They also explained that um, it's not just taking the sperm at that moment. It actually magically steals the man's fertility for the rest of their life. That without magical intervention uh, through faith and prayer, the person will be like eternally barren. And any fertility they would have had in their life is actually being siphoned to the underwater kingdom. All right. I need to stop this podcast right now <laughs> for a public service announcement. We're getting a little shades. spicy. Um, this is a public service announcement to all of our shade fans out there with seed. You need to make sure you're wrapping your tools, people. Okay. You need to make sure you are always wearing a condom to ensure your seed is not being stolen away. 24 7. 24 7. You need to wear it, put a rubber band around it, put a cup. Just for safety. Don't do that. No, this, do three, not do any of this. Three layers are, of pants. These are bad ideas. I am not having my seed stolen by an underwater mermaid, Vic. This, this, what you're describing, will definitely also kill your this seed. This is for safety. <laughs> my public service announcement is do not do that. Do not do any of that. Okay. So she finds out how to do the spell. She starts doing this. And she also gets gives a bit of a lore dump at this point. That in the underwater kingdom, there are cities, there are countries. There's actually mm-hmm. seven, basically, continents. I'm assuming, she doesn't get specific, but I'm assuming they probably respond to the seven seas. Yeah. Um, she explains that there are cities that they look crystalline and, like, glass, mm-hmm. and that um, their technology is, like, just massively more advanced than ours. They say that um, they've been building society since the pre-Abrahamic era, and that they haven't really had any major events to slow them down. So their technology is just Super, super way beyond it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most of their technology, according to them, is kind of based on um, biology and trying to create this um, hybrid program, which it's something that we've heard before. Wow. <laughs> hybrid sea fish people. Well, she also describes her culture a little bit, saying that there is a lot of different underwater entities that live in these seas. Mm-hmm. It's not just the sirens and the mermen and the sea creatures. She doesn't get too into detail, but she does explain that there are a lot of different kinds. Right. She also says that a lot of babies that are born down there that are stolen from humans on the surface. Basically, they steal mm. the fertility and they use it to birth babies there. Right. And that they're kind... Okay, her language gets a little weird here. Because at times she talks about them as if they're effectively human, but their biology can live underwater now. Other times she kind of relates them as being more demony. I think what she's trying to say is they come out differently depending on what they're trying to breed them for so you also explain that some of them are just more or less humans that can breathe underwater and that at five years old they're all initiated into magic so they have like magic preschool mm-hmm. you go to preschool but instead <laughs> of like abc's learn your colors you're learning how to cast spells and doing harry potter stuff <laughs> so like apparently that's like a huge part of their king their kingdom that they're trying to actually drive up their numbers that they feel like their society isn't big enough mm-hmm. and they're trying to enhance those numbers and she gives some speculation about like uh, this is like saying for a war against heaven or they're going to well, try to take over the earth. Well, something you got to think about like in the term like if we're looking at this in terms of like the Christian mythology of this. So if these are an underwater kingdom. So, if you're looking at it like the terms of, like, say, like the Great Flood, the Great Flood wouldn't have taken out anything underwater at this time. Yeah. So, like, if there were cultures, or if there were entities that were underwater at the time, whenever the flood comes, whenever like God's supposed to wash away all the wickedness of man or all the people that are are, are against them or all these other entities and stuff like that, they're not going to get anything that's underwater. 
And so at the time, like, that wouldn't have stopped, wouldn't have had to start over, and they would have just kept going. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like they're preparing for the wrong thing because didn't God promise not to do that again? Well, like in a flood? Yeah. Well, yeah, he did promise not to do that again. But again, but if you bring a flood, you're not going to wipe out anything underwater. Yeah, no, no, fair, yeah. fair, fair. You know, so, you know, you're, it was the point of it was to wash away all, like, I guess, like the wickedness, uh, you know, against him, I guess, like in, like on land. But you're not going to get anything underwater from when you do that. And they do talk, she does talk a little bit about that. She cites the Bible verse about there being great men back in those days right. and such. Uh, the one that we brought up before when talking about giants and Nephilim yeah. and things like that. Now, it does seem kind of weird that if you're going to take that story, like God's going to do something that's not going to get, you know, the other half. Like, that just seems <laughs> well, kind of weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just going to miss that much. That's like swinging a miss. Let's see. So she's doing this for some untold period of time. She just explains that I'm doing this many people a week. She's doing that many people a week. And she doesn't really cover how long this persists. But she's getting money, but it keeps, you know, disappearing. She goes to, like, buy things with it, and it's just gone again. Her life really is not improving at this point. And she's walking down the street one day, and she sees a um, poster for the Revival's Church. And like we talked about in the last episode, they've told her to stay away from these people, to have nothing to do with them, that these are bad people, that, like, if you communicate with them, we'll just kill you. We'll just magically kill you. And she stops and she sees the poster and she's like, you know what? I'm bored. I'm going to read the poster. And as she's reading the poster, she feels like Annabelle's spirit just suck out of her for a while. Mm -hmm. Like it's just been just pulled fully out of her body. And she's kind of staying there a little shocked by this, but she decides to basically go on about her day. She does feel Annabelle return to her and she can tell Annabelle is really not happy. So she gets summoned back to the temple, and she gets to meet one of Annabelle's husbands. In the same uh, city that she's living in now, um, So, and one of Annabelle's husbands also lives there. He's been made supernaturally handsome. Um, they call him a murrabbit or something like or that, but like I said, I haven't been able to figure out what that term means. Um, but he basically goes about, does his business there, helps them out with their various mystical shenanigans, organize a lot of the city. But also, he goes around and, like, sleeps with women. But Annabelle is super jealous of anyone he sleeps with. And she'll, like, <laughs> she'll come, she comes and gets them. She doesn't explain how she kills them, but she says everyone he sleeps with, dead three days later. It's like it's like the ring, but fast. It's like, I'm allowed to have sex with hundreds and hundreds of people a week, but not you. Like, you can't. Only you. And she also says, like, when Annabelle comes and kills them, that idea of stealing their stars comes back in. Mm-hmm. That when she kills them, she's not just killing them she's taking all the fortune that they would have in their life all their luck and all the benefits that they would have in the course of their life and she actually gets to take that from them and actually bring it back to the marine kingdom to help them do their nefarious things which is going to be like a big continued theme theme in uh, this story so she starts working with him and he's teaching her how to do some things and they end up summoning annabelle again and annabelle is pissed the f off she is very mad that she stopped and read this poster. And she's yelling at her. She's degrading her. And Annabelle's basically like, you know, I can kill you and everyone will think it's an accident. No one will think any of us are involved. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I read a poster. Come on. Back off. I read a poster. And she's <laughs> like, what did I tell you about these revival churches? Yeah, stay away from yeah. them. And she's like, you told me not to go to them. You didn't say anything about don't read their poster. You didn't say anything about this. I didn't break any rules. Mm-hmm. But she's still 
pretty pissed off and says, okay, all your money, bring it. You're done. And they basically, she brings the money and she puts it in an envelope and she tells you to go throw it in the river. And when she does, she sees the money just kind of vanish into the water. And she goes back and she starts working with Annabelle's husband, basically being like, you're going to make it up to us for reading that because we don't trust you anymore. We think that you're going to switch and start going to the Revival's churches and you're going to turn on us. So you have to now work your way back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, she starts kind of getting in, in maybe indoctrinated isn't the right word, but initiated into some of the more mystical stuff. She's starting to awaken to more of the magical abilities that her connection with Annabelle gives her. Um, Annabelle then gives her these four, they call them stings. And I think they mean nails because this is a translation from an African language. I think that what stings mean are nails because it just makes sense on what's going on. She finds out that there are demons in these stings and she's supposed to take them home and in the middle of the night, drive them on the four points of the property. And that way, there will be demons there watching her, keeping her safe, mm-hmm. kind of making sure everything runs smoothly from now on. Mm-hmm. So she goes home. She does this. And then she calls um, um, Annabelle. Because Annabelle, after she does this, was supposed to call her back and then send her her money. Like the $6,000 she's been trying to get this whole damn time. <laughs> she's supposed to finally get the money now. So she calls Annabelle and she's like, hey, where's my money? <laughs> and Annabelle's like, I can't give it to you. And she's like, well, well I, I put the demons in the yard. I did what you said. I did the incantations. Where's my money? And she's like, something's stopping us. Go into the living room. So she gets up and goes into her living room mm-hmm. and she sees her family sitting around the TV watching um, evangelical TV. Right. And there's a revival uh, meeting being uh, broadcast on there. And Annabelle's like, that's stopping our magic. We can't do anything while that's going on. We cannot help you. You need to shut this down now. So she waits till her family goes to bed. She turns off the TV. She tries it again with the uh, nails in the yard. And she and once again, it fails. Mm-hmm. And she calls Annabelle up again. Annabelle's like, yeah, the TV's still on the frequency. It doesn't matter if, um, if basically the TV is off. If you leave it on the channel... It's the it still stops the magic. I know this is right. I'm pretty sure that's not if, how that works. If you want to stop demons, you just turn your TV on, put it to like a Bible channel, turn it back off. You're good forever. Mm-hmm. Just leave it on that frequency. No, no, it does not make sense. <laughs> but she has to turn on the TV, flip through the channels, turn it or turn it back off, and then Annabelle's like, "Well, I think that there's a problem now." The evangelical movement has got it into your family. Your whole home's protected now. Mm. We can't get to you. I can't well, give you the money. Well, I, I want to back up to that whole yeah, yeah. I, th- that idea the second that even though the TV is off, that that they still couldn't do that. Well, I mean, one of the things that the reason about like why, if like if you think about like old TV, like old TVs and what they like what they used to do when you would turn them on, it would take them a very long time to to come on. Now this, I think this is before digital. I don't know if it's that same way with TVs, but I know that whenever we were kids, like the reason why TVs would just come on whenever we would turn them on is because they've been they're they're always drawing power, like into the television, and so if the faith in some way is sending some sort of energy and you're sending some of that sort of signal, I mean, 
maybe in some way there may be a small trace of that left in there if they're doing that if you generally believe that there's like that that you know they can reach out and touch you like even through like radio waves and stuff like through that just saying yeah and well and i think it makes more sense if i'm looking at it in like a, a very judeo-christian sort of perspective that it makes more sense that the house is now blessed by mm-hmm. the faith that that jives that that makes yeah. sense but the TV frequency thing is what stopped and then makes less sense to me. Sure. So she's still sleeping with all these guys. She's still trying to get her money. And she's starting to do more with Annabelle's husband at this point. And at this point, she learns a new spell. She meets with a few of the other people from this hidden church. And she goes out to a soccer field. Mm-hmm. And they all go through and they draw this line, like this magical line through the soccer field. And they take some of the sand. And to explain to them that, or to her that, when you take this sand and do this spell, anyone who plays on this field, any fame or fortune they would ever develop in their life is gone, and it's now yours. Any of these people who would develop talents or become soccer stars or coaches, no, that fate's gone. That fate now comes to us, and we can use it however we like to make like our people better. We can steal the money that they would make, and it just comes to us now. So they have her doing more nefarious things like that. Not that she hasn't been doing nefarious stuff, but it's going from I'm doing it on a one-on-one level to focusing on more like trying to siphon from large group sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's given four more nails. And these are apparently the, the these are the big bad demons. Like They're like, you can't even look at these ones because mm-hmm. if you saw them, you would probably die of fright. Mm-hmm. And she's given a very specific spell to do with him this time. And she has to do it at a really specific time. So she's kind of waiting uh, through the day, waiting for 11 o'clock at night to come around. And guess what happens? What happens? She misses it. (laughs) She starts watching TV. (laughs) And she misses 11 o'clock. I'm just saying, I think that many of us can relate to this, that we've had very important assignments that we've had to do in school. But you know what? cartoons were on okay you know i've missed plenty of deadlines because we haven't watched an episode of the simpsons and going back to like the first time she met one of these entities do you remember the whole thing where things have to be done at very specific times oh yeah so she has blown this spell it is just straight not going to work now she gets called basically by annabelle immediately just goes come to the temple and she's like, I don't know if I want to come to the temple. You're coming right now. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care that it's 11 o'clock at night. Come to the temple. So she shows up, and the magic mirror's there. The guy who's been training her, um, uh, Annabella's husband, this new guy who's been working with them, who is not Satan, but is named Satan. Gotcha. But is not Satan. Well, I mean, keep in mind, there's a lot. There's people named Jesus that are not yeah, necessarily yeah, named yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There's people named Muhammad that are not necessarily Muhammad. It's just a weird quirk to the story because they don't name very many people in the course of the story. True. But that one is named. So they're all there, and uh, they open up the portal to the mirror. And Annabelle and these two sirens that she does not know come through. Mm-hmm. And Annabelle's kind of keeping quiet at this point. But the two sirens that come through with her just start tearing her apart. Up and down, they're threatening murder. They're going to take her stars away from her. They're go- she's going to have to do way more stuff from now on. Mm-hmm. That They're going to just turn her life absolutely upside down if they even let her keep her life. And Annabelle's just kind of being quiet through this whole thing. And she's looking at Annabelle trying to see how is Annabelle going to respond. Because she knows she has this link with Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And she knows Annabelle 
doesn't necessarily want her to die at this point, Annabelle likes using her body and her human morphology. And Annabelle's like, okay, everyone, let's calm down. And she's like, this girl's my daughter now. She's with me. No one's killing her now. And she kind of does this whole thing where she looks over and is like, everyone got that. No one's killing her. But we're going to have to train her. And she's like, what you do with us is going to now change. I feel like if you are in the middle of a situation and somebody who's supposed to be your mentor says, all right, everybody, we need to understand something. We're not killing this person. <laughs> like, I just you, you got to realize you are not around good people. I, I mean, she probably caught on to this by now, but this should definitely be a major red flag. I mean, but seriously, you just won $6,000. The shit they put you through like, is already you've earned way yeah, more than I that. Feel like, I feel like she should have She could have just got a job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, just got a job. And she would have got her money by now. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. This is she's gone above and beyond what one should do to like, get six thousand dollars. You could have just robbed somebody, like, and just had done far less nefarious stuff than you've done up to this point. So she's like, "Okay, your role is going to change now. You're going to do something different. Um, you're going to marry this guy over here." And she goes, "No, heck, no, I'm Wait. not." Was this Satan or was this another type of mer person? It, it's not specified. It's not a mer person. It's one of her servants there on the surface. I got you. <coughs> Sorry, dry throat. So, it, but she's just like, no, that's just that's just not going to happen. That is not something we're doing. So then they're like, okay, if you're not going to do that, um, you're going to start sleeping with as many men as I am. That's a lot. Oh yeah, no, it's that's, a, mean, that's like pushing limits of human yeah. biology, and she's just like. Heck no, no, we're not going to do that either. And surprisingly enough, they're actually accepting the pushback that she's giving them. Like, she's putting her foot down saying, that's not going to happen. And they're basically just being like, okay, we're mad at you, but sure, I guess we can't make you do that. So they give her one last option. Okay, you're going to be a sorceress now. Mm. You're going to do magic on our behalf. You're going to work with us. You're going to start doing, like, full-blown freaking magic, no one holding your hands, and you're going to be out there doing what, what we say. And she's like, well, I guess out of the three options, sure. So they're, they're still also encouraging her to move out of the house. But she's like, if I had money, I wouldn't be here working for you. Mm-hmm. I clearly don't have enough money to move. So she ends up getting a job. Now, um, she poses herself as, like, a tribal doctor and you know how like sometimes um people from like america or canada or europe eh, just various medical uh colleges around the world Mm -hmm. will go and study uh tribal medicine to see what they can learn from tribal medicine right she basically takes that job where she's just posing as this it's not made clear if she actually knows anything about tribal medicine or anything Mm -hmm. but it kind of sounds like she might not so she starts working with, like, the lead professor before the students even come in. Mm-hmm. And she basically does this spell that makes the lead professor become possessed by, like, a powerful entity from the uh, Marine Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So he's just, boom, fully under their control. And apparently the, the demon that's now inhabiting him is a scientist. So when the students get there to learn, the guy who's from the college is now possessed, and she's do- already working for them. But he's... You know, immensely intelligent. They talk about these sirens being way beyond human intelligence. At one point, they describe that um, a siren's intelligence is so far beyond a human's. They can speak every language without any issue. Uh, They can communicate with animals, and they can just outthink you. 
Like, it's just not even a contest. Right. So he starts kind of teaching them science from the Marine Kingdom while she's sitting there and trying to put demons into them. So they end up uh, basically teaching this group of, I think it was eight students, mm-hmm. getting them all super possessed, and then sending them back to their home countries. During this time, they're also um, doing the same where she's casting love spells, mm-hmm. where women are coming to her, and she's doing this ritual on them. And what it does, she'll, she'll basically take the stars of the, of the lady who's coming to them. In exchange, mm-hmm. she'll make them fall in love with another person, but also it won't work out. Like... Uh, like the the whole time that you're describing this, this really sounds like an allegory to a woman who is prostituted by like an American biker gang. Like the yeah, entire, yeah, I see, like, it, I see. Literally, it. the entire time that you're talking about this, because it's like it's like she needs money. She gets in with this group. They oftentimes they get prostituted, but it's weird because typically, like within like like within biker culture, they'll put their prostitutes like within places of authority or like, or in power actually within systems to be able to manipulate it for their own benefit. Like it's, it's, it's literally following this line to a T. Oh yeah. And th- there's definitely some of these incredibly abusive themes. Yeah. With, yeah. Like, and you whole, never, yeah. Oh, you'll get your money. You'll get yeah, your yeah. way. You and just you have never to do get one it. more thing. You have to do more. Yeah. yeah. No, she has, she's not seeing anything yeah, from this. You had the, you had the whole like manufacturing meth and now there's a chemistry to, to you know, to this. And it just, it, it just, it even escalates it even more. Okay, so she's doing that. She's casting these love spells. She's awakening to her power more and more. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to really enjoy some of the magical powers she has because she's at the point now when she steals someone's fate, mm-hmm. she can keep a little bit for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also at the point where, like, anyone looking in her eyes, once again, following vampire rules, mm-hmm. is just now fully under her control. So she's starting to get into it. She's manipulating her family. She's manipulating her community. Yeah, sure. And one day she comes home and her dad's just like, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You're not the same person I raised. I don't know what's going on with you. But you're not the same person. And something about this hits her really hard. It hits her in this really deep place. And she basically starts kind of thinking, is this really all worth (laughs) (laughs) $6,000? I feel like if it's taking you this long to catch on to this, that's on you. Like, there's no <laughs> there's no sense of time in the course of this story. She doesn't right. say, like, how long things are going on. But from the sense of it, she's done a lot of things right. in this story. I feel like this was maybe a year in, something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, if you – I mean, I get it. I mean, we're making fun of her within this context. But oh, I don't think this story's true. Well, no, but I mean, what she said – I mean – I mean, I've heard a lot of similar-esque type stories from women that have gotten involved in very seedy organizations. Oh, yeah. Where, again, you don't know how deep you've gotten until it's too late, and, you know, you're mixed up on a whole lot of stuff, and you really can't get away, and all these sorts of things, until, like, finally some out- like outside influence is causing you to have this, like, just this revelation that things are just not going okay. Like, if I want to take this story with a little more seriousness than I have been up to this point... And if I take it through the lens of this is a true account, even if, like, there's nothing supernaturally going on, this lady's being severely abused. She's oh, yeah. being gaslighted. This is some really heinous stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it follows along the lines of a lot of, like, stories about people involving, like, getting possessed where it's it's isolating them from their family. It's isolating them from, you know, their culture, their healthy coping skills, mm-hmm. getting them to do, you know, um, 
you know, seedy, terrible, you know, seedy, terrible things to get to the point where they feel like they can't escape and they can't get away. And it isolates them even more to this like nefarious community that they're involved in and to this particular person. Oh no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty on point to that. Oh yeah. So like I said, this hits her and she kind of has this awakening to, okay, I think something's gone off the rails. And she's in the community the next day, and she sees her priest, like the priest he used to go to. It's not made clear if he's part of the Revival Church. I think he is, but I'm not 100% certain. Um, but she basically goes to him and goes, yeah, we need to talk. Some stuff's been going on in my life, and I need to talk to someone about this. Mm-hmm. So they go to the church, and she feels Annabelle, once again, just kind of just gets sucked out of her body. And... She tells him everything, like mm-hmm. the whole plot that's gone on up to this point. And he's just kind of in shock, but is like, I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. I think I can help you, but I can't do it by myself. And she's like, okay, we can have other people help. I just need you to keep it from my, my parents. I can't tell my parents about the stuff we've been doing. And he's like, no, that's going to be part of your healing process. You, you have to talk to them about this. This is too big to keep quiet. So, basically, the priest explains to uh, her parents what's happened up to this point. She's really, really upset at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Marine Kingdom knows she's done this. They, they know that she's, she's been flipped. And she starts seeing that Satan guy everywhere. Not, but no relation to the real Satan. No, no not the real Satan. Not the real, it's a guy named Satan. Right. It's like yeah. Uncle Satan, no relation. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and he's just, like, kind of stalking her. And he, everywhere she goes, she sees him in the background. She sees him stalking the property at night and things like that. The whole time the priest is trying to get together this group of men of faith. And he finds out that there's this uh, special mountain nearby that, like, the revival church goes to and prays. It's supposed to be very connected with God. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to take her up there. So they kind of sneak her out in the middle of the night so this guy who's stalking her doesn't s- figure out where they're going. Mm-hmm. And they take her up there, and they start to pray, and she feels like something's happening. She feels like there's something coming out of her. And the priest explains that this connection that she has with Annabelle is a, is a form of possession. Right. And they start going through, they don't get into the details, but it sounds similar to exorcism, that they're going through some form of exorcism. Um, it doesn't sound like proper Catholic exorcism, but it, it's... But no, but they're evangelical, so yeah, it's yeah. probably more like, you know, holding the... If I had to make a guess, if it's like that, it's probably like holding the Bible, like just pressing it on like that. If I had to, if I had to make a guess, it could be they kind of are very skirty about the details of this part. Yeah, I mean, there could be some other elements to it too. If they had to take them up to a particular place, yeah, I mean, so there could be other elements to it that we don't that we don't know. So, Annabelle manifests, and so does her husband, and so does some of the other marine spirits. And there's kind of this spiritual warfare thing going back and forth, them kind of trying to pray them out of her body. And they're actually, like, physically there. Like some sort of, like some sort of Christian Avengers in-game story. Like yeah, a, little, that, a yeah. little bit. So there's this tug, There's basically this tug-of-war going on. Christian Avengers, <laughs> assemble. You, you, <laughs> you have her and, I like, like, I like that. this group of priests that this guy's put together and her parents pulling on her soul on one oh, side man. and you have Annabelle and like some of the sirens and oh. her husband on the other side kind of pulling. And basically they managed to dislodge her spirit. All of them just vanish. They're all just gone. Um, and she says she feels like clean now. 
Like, she feels like she's been wrong in this deep way that she couldn't even tell while she was in it. And she goes back to her life, and then she finds out about a week later that Satan guy has died. (laughs) Like, she says she's walking uh, through the town, and she sees, like, uh, people around a picture of him, and they're all weeping. And she finds out that he had died. I don't know why people are weeping around her, his picture. I It's not made clear. But apparently there's this big public thing where everyone is just so distraught that he's dead. But she realizes that that's the last thing that she needed to happen. Because even with the possession being gone, she knew that this guy was still out there trying to kill her. And that's where the story abruptly ends. <laughs> um, they, yeah, it's like she was like de-exercised and then she won. Well... It's presumed that based on some of the information I have that she did join the church. Uh-huh. I would assume not a Catholic church, but they do refer to her as sister. But as I understand, that's still a position yeah. in some evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's presumed that she joins the church after that, and that's when she gives her testimony. Because even when she starts the testimony, they introduce her as sister. But she still never got to go to Canadian college. She never got to go. To the best of my knowledge, she never got her $6,000. This has been a two-hour-long story and discussion of her whole journey through this. And the end result is she doesn't get to go to college. Never, so, never got to go. Any of you out there who are looking for collegiate opportunities, working with the Marine Kingdom yeah. is not advisable. Yeah, they apparently just won't pay you. Just setting up a GoFundMe could have just, could just save you so much hassle and you won't get, you know... And you won't get abducted by the Marine Kingdom. And there, there's there's things that I had to leave out in the course of the story. There's like four times in the story where they take all of her money away, where she's managed to get a little bit yeah, of money, just, and they make her just, just, like, he just, just take like, all of it. Just like a pimp. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just like a pimp. I feel like at a, at a certain point, they probably had taken more than $6,000 from her. Yeah. And for the most part, most of the money that she earned was earned on her own, too. Fine. Okay. What do you want to talk about? It's been a crazy ride. I, I I think the thing is, is even though that we, we laughed through this whole thing, like through like, you don't like, we talk about like, we don't think that this whole element of the story is true. Like, although there, I think that my analogy to that, of that, of how this can happen to a part, like something like this can still happen to you. Maybe not with all the magic, but like you, like it's a standard sex trafficking story. Oh yeah. Like through the whole, through the whole thing. Yeah, there's parts where I actually wonder if it could be a metaphor, but it's pretty clear, like, through the reading of it, that they're not presenting this at all as being metaphorical. Like, it's being presented as this is a true testimony to the events. Yeah. And who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe this is a totally true testimony to the events. Like, I could see somebody, like, I could genuinely see somebody in a cult-like sex trafficking scheme telling somebody that this stuff is going on but maybe without the whole actual elements of like, you know, her soul being pulled out and gone and gone all the ways. I could see somebody telling somebody that you got to go out there and sleep with all these men so that I could get this power for myself. And you'll get something out of doing this as well to manipulate somebody who generally believes in these kinds of themes. It's also not made very clear if she was just going out and sleeping with a lot of people or sure. if she was prostituting herself. Or, or I, you know, it's just not very true. clear in the telling. You know, so I, I, I could see something like this. <laughs> being told to somebody to do uh in this now do i think that this like legit is going like like this legit is going on where there's some sort of underwater marine kingdom that's causing all of this i don't know that's a little far-fetched for me but you guys know me i'll believe in a lot of stuff like i'm even willing to i 
If it's real, I don't think it exists as it is presented. There's too many signs of this just being propaganda. Now, maybe she did have a supernatural event and that it was just viewed through this certain lens and that's how they contextualized it. But uh, just looking at the evidence as it is presented, it reads to me more like propaganda than mm. it does something that like an actual account. But like I said, I could be wrong or maybe like, Maybe she just misunderstood the circumstances. Like I think that I think I think the story I think that the I think that what the story is is I think that it is some just sort of like sex trafficking beware story that's involved in it. Like I, I think that's what's going I think that's what the story comes from. I think that's what's going on with it. I think that's what it's now not necessarily the whole marine kingdom. I just mean yeah. this particular story. That's being that 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 you told. I think that's what I think that's what's going on and here. Remember, this is just one account that right. I'm going over here. Like, that's that's why I don't have like I can't even like look further into this story. Right. It's just there's just the one account. Like, well, there are there are other people that believe. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, let me, let me clarify. I just have the telling of this story. Right. I can't find any additional information on it or anything like. That. There's other accounts on the Marine Kingdom. Yeah, but like for some of the words she used. I never figured out exactly what yeah. she meant by like, stings. I just think she means nails. I'm not totally sure. Like I'll, I'll focus on this. Like when I was researching like the Marine kingdom, I didn't find any other personal accounts for things. I mostly just found people talking about the concept in general. This is this, this right here is like the only story that I ever heard Actually, of somebody encountering that. I have a few, I have a small collection of stories who claim to be ex-Marine Kingdom agents. Oh. So if we ever want to revisit this topic, mm. I actually have a few more we could talk about. Mm. Um, you know, I just, I, I think that this, I think that this, I think that this particular story is just, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely really interesting. I think that it's, I think that it is a, another example in which you have examples of malevolent entities following a typical pattern of isolating an individual for a nefarious reason. Like we've talked about with shadow people. Right. You know. And we also have the gray element of them after the seed. Right. I Yeah. And so I... <laughs> like, th there are certain common themes that just run through all of this, and that's what drags me back into the possibility yeah. of it, that the maybe of the whole thing. Right. I mean, I mean that's my, my takeaway from this, is I think when, you, when, you're, when you're diving into... When you're diving into anything within the paranormal, something that ends up isolating you from other people, I think should be a giant red flag. Yeah, I think should be a it should be a giant red flag that there is some sort of um, impending danger on the horizon, um, and that you should be cautious about. I think it was like I think it was uh, um, Blue Steel that said like Don't worry, we're definitely not a cult. Is something that a cult would say. It's because you 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 don't know that you're being sucked into one of these often until it's too late, unless you know how to recognize some of these warning signs. You know. Well, I hope you guys have really enjoyed yeah. the story. I've enjoyed sharing it with you all. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know what you guys think about just the story in general. If there's other things about the Marine Kingdom that uh, that that you guys find interesting that you guys maybe want us to talk about in a future episode. Do you guys believe the story? Do you not believe the story? Are there things in the story that we missed? Let us know. There definitely are. Oh, like, yeah. There's things oh, I yeah. glossed over in the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if there, so if you like the episode, don't forget to leave a like, leave us a review. If you can leave a review somewhere, don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that notification bell. That's where you stay up to date uh, whenever we put out new content. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening.
All right, guys, we're going to slip into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You get the rest of this episode as well as bonus videos that we put up exclusively for our patrons. And also, I realized during our episode, we never talked about what we were drinking uh, during during this episode, I realized. The answer was coffee. Yeah, Dunkin' it's Donuts. early in the morning like, today. Both Vic and I just had our birthdays, and we are so old you're old you're you're 40 you turned the big 4-0 by the way i get more awesome and spry every year yeah 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 realize more spry realizing we need coffee to wake us up at uh 10:30.